1: That was my slight Darlene impression. Anyway, our guest is one of the most versatile hoop broadcasters in the solar system. We are comrades in the pursuit. She's my homegirl. She played ball in college. She's done WNBA play-by-play for the Los Angeles Sparks. And she's currently a sideline reporter for an NBA team. And she's going to join myself and my loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein. But first... Darlene it's all you baby. Buckets Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition Monica McNutt. Darlene thanks my girl. Okay so today's guest I just love when I have friends on the pod. Plus, she also knows a thing or two about shooting threes in transition. Cause when she was doing her thing at Florida State her senior year, she shot 50% from downtown and currently in her professional career, she's now patrolling the sidelines for the Cleveland Cavaliers on Fox Sports Ohio as the Cavs sideline reporter. She's my friend and an outstanding multidimensional basketball talent, Angel Gray. Girl, thanks for coming on.
2: Anytime you asked for something, of course I have to come through. So thanks for having me on guys. Absolutely girl. So let's jump right into it. I want to actually
1: rewind because you know, I've congratulated you a thousand times over, but I just need <laughs> people to know that last year we were at George Mason for the WNBA yes. finals. And I think you have flown back in from your interview maybe, and it was a little hush hush, but we knew something yes. on the corner and then boom, you pop up with the NBA sideline gig. <laughs>
2: I know it's. You know what? Thank you. I appreciate you uh, doubling down on that. One, I want to address this: the support that you know women have for other women in this business. I can't speak highly enough of it, especially you know your support. So that means the world to me. But it's it's also fun too when you know we're re- rewarded, you know, for the hard work we put in, and like it's been a grind for the entire journey. But it's fun when you know you can celebrate these victories with friends that are going through the same journey.
1: Absolutely, a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. All right, Bruce has tons of questions for you and the Cavs, but <laughs> I want to know—like, listening to you, you are an employee of Fox Sports Ohio. Are you an employee mm-hmm. of the Cavs, technically, or of the network?
2: So I'm just an employee of the network. However, I cover the Cavs and we have a great rapport. I can't speak highly enough of, you know, how the communication has been there. The partnership is amazing. So there's times where I'll be working for stuff, you know, with the Cavs name on it. Um, but I work for Fox Sports, Ohio. They're the one that pay the bills. So that's my employer. Um, but we're seriously one big family and as tight knit as you can, you know, ever imagine.
1: All right. So this is the question and this applies to me as well. And I'm always curious to get feedback on this because MSG networks is sort of the same thing with the Knicks. But we came up first as analysts where we just got to take in a game and critically point out A, B and Z on behalf of both teams, whether it was good, bad or ugly. When you step into the role you're in now or even similar to what Mm -hmm. I'm doing with MSG, how different is it or have you had to adjust how you move in that space?
2: Absolutely. I think, um, just coming from being an analyst more so, uh, for, you know, like a network, like an ESPN or CBS, you're speaking objectively. So you're, you're sharing the stories of both sides. Um, obviously you're protecting, you know, both teams and the storylines of both teams, but you know, when you're working for a team, you want to make sure that you're protecting that team and just like, Highlighting all the great things that they're doing while also just continuing to, you know, be true to being a reporter and sharing the stories that need to be told. So my biggest thing, um, just working with the team and not being objective for the bigger brand of sport or like an ESPN would be um, just the fact that we may not break the news, but we can still share our point of view. Mm. So we may have a different angle or a different take because we have those relationships that are established within the franchise, you know, from maybe, you know, front office or with the players. So while they may share something that's breaking, we sit on it, but at the end of the day, we can share a different perspective, you know, to add on to it. So I'm completely fine with that, you know, so it's, that's been the biggest, you know, I would say transition, if anything. Well,
1: girl, you are definitely killing it. Um, I know we had catch up this summer at Summer League in Vegas, and so I've met some of the people that have become sort of your Cavs family out there. But I'm always curious because, for me, we go to these conferences, whether it be Association of Women in Sports Media or even National Association of Black Journalists, and sometimes I hear these horror stories about Mm -hmm. women in the sports media landscape. Personally raise my hands to God, give thanks, whatever. I don't have a ton of horror stories in this space, but I'm curious if that comes back to us being legitimate D1 athletes and then sort of the presence that we bring to the table. What's your, what's your perspective on that?
2: You know what? I honestly think energy attracts, you know, a certain energy Mm. and I think we share that same space and the people within my circle We share that same faith. I don't think I could necessarily be around someone that doesn't, you know, or isn't optimistic or going after something or driven or, you know, has the attitude of we can all make it together. And, you know, I may be in a different level or a different situation, but I'm still going to continue to praise you and like lift you up. And everyone's going through the same journey. We just have different, you know, levels of or timing of how we get there. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly, um, I do not have horror stories and I'm grateful for that because I can, I've been on two calls already with two of my mentors that are within the same space that we are continuing to check in on each other. What can I do for you? How can I improve? You know, what do you think? Just life, checking in on life. And I think that's the most important thing is you kind of create a sisterhood and nothing if. I don't know, you know, if you have siblings or whatever, but within that, yeah, you'll have moments where it's just like, dang, this made me mad or whatever. But you're you're very um, open about how, you know, you address something or even in a space. And I and I'll say it this way, just as far as the trust and the intentions that someone has in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a it's an energy thing for sure.
1: Yeah, I love that. The trust and the intentions are so important. Okay, Bruce is itching to get to this current roster of Cavs oh, with me. Bruce. But before we do that.
0: <laughs> chomping at the bit. I'm chomping at the oh, bit, yeah, literally. I, I can feel it.
1: Can Girl, feel he's it. so ready. I'm just like, Bruce, this is my homegirl. we talk about to talk about the journey. I ain't got time for that. But anyway. Yeah, go
0: talk about the journey some more. That's all good.
1: Yeah, he's like, uh, uh, my last... on the panel
2: and talk about that.
1: There you go. This is my last sort of journey question. To date. What is the thing that you've done with the Cavs that you are most proud of?
2: Oh, wow. That is a great question. Most proud of? To date, I would have to say uh, Women's Day was really big Mm. because I was um, put on the broadcast with the guys. At the time, it was Austin Carr, which is a legend within our franchise and within the league, and also um, Fred McCloud. And just being that third voice, Um, within the broadcast, like the respect, you know, that the front office, like everyone was very supportive, just being an African American woman in that space um, within the NBA and calling my first game, you know, Cavs in Boston, which was a big time game. um, That means a lot to me, because you kind of like think about that five year plan. And that did not (laughs) come across, like I said, Mm -hmm. I always wanted to, you know, work it within the NBA, but for me to be able to call a game, Um, with those guys was was really, really cool because I know that other people are watching. I know that other, you know, younger women or younger men that were watching me in that role. And I hope I exuded like a passion and, you know, an energy that they were proud of.
1: Um, Two things. First, we, of course, want to send our heartfelt condolences out to you as a member of the Cavs family. And then, of course, the actual family of Fred McLeod. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, you bodied that, girl. Like, I remember saying that, and I especially <laughs> loved when they pulled up the FSU highlights with your big shorts.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you I'm you so happy me. for you. Like, why? <laughs> I was um, thrilled for awesome. you to be in I that position. I appreciate that. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you, I mean, you earned it, you crushed it. I, I, I really, and it was a prep that went behind. I was like, oh, my God, this is, and it's so crazy because I've called, games I've called more games than I did sidelines <laughs> so I'm so nervous mm-hmm. but at the same time I was so excited for the opportunity and that speaks volumes of just like the network that I work for that they would you know come up with the idea to do that you know for women's day and I think it was girls and women in sports day um that yep. was really cool and for us to even share the stories for the other women involved within the franchise that was huge. And once again, that was not just from the Fox Sports Ohio perspective, but also from the Cavs side that they were like, let's see how we can make this work. And it was one of the best times that I've had. I think, too, I know that we're covering the NBA and it's just to me, it's an overall story of how important all athletes are and what basketball has meant in everyone's life. And for me to share even the stories about the women on staff that other NBA fans may not know because they may not follow the WNBA, uh, those are the stories that I love sharing as well, like sharing, you know, Christy, uh, Christy Tolliver, the fact that she's on staff and, you know, her team, you know, is coming to see and support her as she won another championship. You know, those are the things that kind of yeah. make me happy to share, you know, the stories yeah, about Shout out to
0: Christy right here in D.C. with the Wizards. All right, Bruce. right
2: there. All
0: right, all right. So, uh, Angel Monica thinks that all I care about is the NBA, but I got a journey question for you. So, if that's okay, oh. I got one. I know. that yeah. I mean, you are uh, you know you've done so many different roles, and you know you're mm-hmm. still pretty young. So, congrats to you. How Thank important? You. How important is it to be versatile? I mean, you can call a game. You can break down video. You can do those kind of winging it reports during the game, injury updates, whatever. I mean, you know, where did you kind of learn to be a Swiss Army knife?
2: Uh, Being a student athlete and getting the Hello! Say it again, (laughs) Daniel. I think I just learned so much being, you know, coming up in the era that I did where if you see something you want, you go after it with no questions asked. It's like if someone said you can't do it, Immediately, like, I'm I'm doing it. And so for me, I don't know. I just, being at Florida State, we had one of the best communications, you know, departments, you know, in the country. And I remember my teacher even telling me for, I was a mass media communications class for reporters. And she said, Angel, I appreciate your passion for wanting to do this, but with your schedule, you, there's no way that you can pass this class. And I was like, okay, give me a chance. And I wound up getting a B in the class and we're the closest of friends now because she saw how much hard work goes into it. And it comes down to the one man band mentality. We had mm-hmm. to produce, we had to write our own scripts. We had to set up our own interviews. We had to set up the tripod. We had to edit. And then we had to come up with a package that we could share in class. Those are the things that um, mean the most to me. And I, I have a lot of people that will reach out and I'm sure Monica does too. Um, just about How did you get to where you're going or how can I get this job? And I, especially in a a creative, you know, space that we are in now with social media and everything, it confuses me when, you know, younger people ask that. It's like, you don't have a reel, but we're in like the YouTube and you have your own camera phone. How bad do you really want it? If, If they're promoting creativity, that's the number one indicator of how bad you want it. So just to go circle back to your original question of like how important it is to be versatile, it's extremely versatile. I mean, it's extremely important because you know everything. And I have a respect for each and every person that, you know, put their hands into making a great production. I started off, you know, in the truck, like I was washing equipment. I was in the edit bays. I was logging tapes and I enjoyed every second of it. And the producers saw the passion that I had and they gave me opportunities and with those opportunities, you know, I continued to grow. So while I was doing like little features on Twitter or, you know, doing sit-downs for um Fox Sports Florida um where I was interning, those little things led to bigger things. And so yeah, I did radio for UCLA and then I did play-by-play, which was beyond me. I I honestly still don't know how that happened. Um but it <laughs> it was a blessing for me because I'll tell you this, in each and every role, I was nervous about taking the job, but I knew how important it was for me to be uncomfortable with doing something new so I can continue to fine-tune, you know, my job and being in this industry. And I love the game so much, and I love sports so much that I was willing to do any role um, that would allow me to continue to cover it.
0: Sounds like you're very comfortable being outside the comfort comfort zone so you know that <laughs> yeah. obviously that obviously bodes well for for you know facing challenges that you don't even know you're gonna face yet but that's all good oh, yeah. okay so now uh, uh, monica expects me to ask about the Cavs. i'm gonna ask about the Cavs because i watched them last <laughs> night and and they i mean they're a young team right i mean kevin love is the oldest really guy who plays on their team and uh He's the reason that Gordon Hayward got that offensive rebound at the end of the game last night. He, he wasn't, he didn't box him out. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that so you don't have to, but I'm just curious. I mean, you got a lot of young guys on that team. Are any of these young guys really showing you sort of like potential leadership skills?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a bit very interesting. Cause even in year two, you saw what was going on last year with, you know, um, you know, just the youth that was coming in, you know, Colin Sexton being, you know, one of those guys, Eddie Osman getting next extension for this year. But you see how players such as like a Jordan Clarkson, who is a prolific score off the bench. Um, and he does what he does, like by example, but because of the balance of the team now, and I think it's, people say it's a young team, but I think it's a good mix because you have Tristan Thompson, who's there as well, and a big leader for this team. You have Larry Nance Jr., who is not just a leader on the team, but, you know, has the heart um, and, and the trust of the city being from Ohio. And then the fact that, you know, Matthew De Vidova, those are three players that won in 2016 and brought a title to Cleveland so they understand what it takes to win. Um, and they also have the trust of the younger guys, which will take some time. Brandon Knight is also another player on this team. In the backcourt, even though he's battled through injury, he is a, a great voice. For Colin Sexton and one of his mentors too, um, and has showed that on many occasions, you know, how can we continue to get better as a team, and how to be a better playmaker. So when you have other players like um, Darius Garland that are coming in that are extremely talented, and Jettie Osman that continues to get better and better, I think that it starts with those guys, with those three mainly. But um, I'm very impressed with how Jordan Clarkson has stepped out of his, you know, box to be more vocal for the younger guys
0: now he's good because you know he you know guys like Clarkson and and Tristan Thompson these guys have actually played in the finals right so at least in Tristan's case I mean he can show those guys a championship ring so is coach Beeline counting on on Tristan to sort of be like the leader in the locker room to teach the younger guys professionalism stuff like that
2: um, I think he's gone. He's, I know for a fact that he's gone on record uh, plenty of times to talk about how it all begins with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Tristan is playing with a different passion, a different level of focus, He said he's in the best shape of his life. Um, I've seen firsthand how he's held other people accountable. doesn't matter if you're a first year or a 10th year, like he is using his voice. He's gotten extremely better on a defensive end. We know that he's a def- a, defen- a defender, but his goal that he set and has been vocal about it, like he's, he's taken the next step for this team. Um, and it's very important that he has done that for, you know, the state of this team. Um, especially with them being young and buying in a different culture with Coach Beeline. And even with Coach Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff, who came from Memphis and just his style of play. Um, I think it's, it's a good time to be a Cav. Like I know as far as the record, they're in games and tr- trying to find a way to get over the hump. But with their leadership, I think that it could be really special down the line.
1: All right, so obviously this is your team. But just in general, when you look at the Eastern Conference this year, mm-hmm. to me, after two, maybe three ish, one, right. two, kind of your third. See, it honestly is sort of—I don't want to call it a crapshoot—but you could that next five slots could play out a variety of ways. As opposed, uh, then you've got like your teams like Washington, who are just gonna struggle, period. But what are like? How are you guys defining success this year for this Cavs unit?
2: Coach Beeline was asked that same question um, just the other day, and he responded with continued growth. And I think it's a measuring stick of, of even what they did last year. Like we know that it was going to be a rebuilding situation last year, and you know, bringing new faces in and people getting acclimated to you know what they wanted to do. But I know this team. I've heard it on many occasions. Build the right habits in order to create success, so we can make the playoffs. And this team has aspirations of that right now. They've they have the pieces in order to do so it's just you know when everything comes together that's that's when you'll see you know how everything is rolling i think if you're looking at last year they were last in defense like Mm. in nba history and they've made the jump in that department already offensively they said they wanted to do better with you know moving the ball on the floor and you know how to find that style i think like golden state or the spurs or even with Toronto. And I think even with Milwaukee now, like that's the style of basketball that, you know, is transitioning into this league. And so that takes time. But I know for this team, you know, when it starts going, it'll be really fun to watch. You can see it in spurts. Now it's just like, how can they get that for the entire, you know, game? But I'm looking at Milwaukee. They're tough to beat. We played them, and they are tough. I mean, Giannis is obviously great um you never know what's going to happen with boston they've been on fire they won five straight i am a believer in gordon hayward the dude is back and powerful um after his injury and then you know jason tatum what he's been carson edwards and you know the young guys that they have going with them um i think it's wide open and i i'll be it'll be interesting in the east i know everyone has their eyes on the west But I think it'll be interesting to see who can, you know, sneak into the top eight spots for the playoffs towards the end
0: of the season. Kind of the the last couple spots in the East are definitely up for grabs. And look, you know, the Cavs. I mean, I've seen the Knicks play. The Cavs are way better than them. So I mean, mean, listen,
1: (laughs) I think so too.
2: too.
0: (laughs) Monica's going to disagree with us on that one. I think.
2: (laughs) Sorry, Monica.
0: Yeah, sorry, Monica.
2: I'm dealing in the stats.
1: It's okay. We're rebuilding too. Um, okay, so I guess for me, kind of stepping in and hanging out with the Knicks, and I know you have a front row seat too, the X's and O's, the grind of travel. What you've seen going into year two in this role, Angel, what do or what does the average fan completely not understand, could not grasp in terms of what it means to be an NBA player?
2: Oh, wow. It's a grind. I think it's just like a, a huge sacrifice that they make each day, just coming in and, you know, battling and trying to fine tune, you know, things in order for them to continue to live out their dreams and playing. Um, but for me, it's just like every other day, or even the back-to-backs in different cities um, and the guys, you know, fans will be like, Oh, they look tired or this and that. And I, I really, those things get to me. Cause it's like, if you only knew how much they put in, and I guess for me, too, because uh, I don't know from each franchise, I can only speak on the one that I'm around. You see how much they put into it, the practices, the film sessions, you know, you know, what coaches are looking at, you know, on the film and, you know, on the plane. And, you know, everyone's talking about your like basketball is all you live, eat, think and breathe for, you know, the six to eight months. And so mm-hmm. it's very interesting. um, you know, how you have to bring it every single night. And if you think about it in the co- collegiate aspect where well, we have like thirty, thirty two games and that's probably including, you know, everything even with you no, know, I'll say that that's about the season for college. That's and I'm exhausted then, just if I'm speaking from an athlete standpoint. So it's it's very interesting to see how an eighty two game season can you know, the wear and tear on the athletes, but how they continue to push through because they understand it's entertainment and they try and put on a great display for fans every single night.
1: True. Next time we have you on, we'll have to get into this conversation of load management from your perspective because our girl, because we all love as as sports media folks, our girl Doris Burke had some heat about the topic earlier. But we're (laughs) going to wrap up this interview. It has been fantastic. Angel, thank you so much for coming through. This is how we wrap up pods here on buckets, boards, and blocks. Bruce, are you going to, I think you should take this one, Bruce.
0: Okay. I'm going into my channeling Monica McNutt mode here. Okay. (laughs) I know, right? Not easy to do, but I've actually gotten very high grades from Monica for this. So we'll see if, see if I can pull it off (laughs) one more time. So buckets, boards, and blocks. We're going to ask you to give us either a bucket, a board, or a block. Here's, here's how it works. A bucket is something that you, and again, it can be about anything. It can be about the Cavaliers. It can be about your own situation, whatever. It's, it's kind of a wide open. But a bucket is your A++ thing, something you love, something that you want to see more of. A board is like a rebound where maybe something started out negative but took a turn for the better, kind of a redemption type of a thing um so think rebound for a board and a block is trash get it out of here we don't want any more of that something you want to see go away so you don't have to give us all three right okay right so you don't have to give us all three exactly that's cool you don't have to give us all three but either give us a bucket something great a board some kind of a rebound redemption story or a block trash get it out of here angel okay you're fantastic
2: (laughs) So this is just for me just period just giving you either one.
0: one, one of the three yeah you don't have to do all three yeah. just you know, you know what are very interesting this is you could do all three if you want but we know you got yeah. a deadline so <laughs>
2: um you know what uh i will say a bucket and i'm sorry i am big on women and how they're represented in this league and the fact that we have more women coaches we have, for assistant coaches, we have more women in, you know, the front office. We have, you know, women officials that are represented within, it, within the NBA. I am loving the fact that Adam Silver said last year, I want to see more representation of women in this league. And the following season, which is the current one, we absolutely see it. So I am so happy about, you know, being in a league that acknowledges that, respects that, and continues to build in that.
0: That's great. That's great. I noticed that one Boom. of the refs last night was a female, and she had Absolutely. a couple.
2: of I like oh, hey girl.
0: And, and and there was a couple times where guys, you know, were you know questioning her about the call. She was so poised. I mean, she looked at him very calm. It was great. I mean, it was like you wouldn't, other than the fact that she had a you know long hair, you wouldn't have known. And that's the way
2: it's supposed to be. I don't think exactly. you know, basketball sees gender, so you either know what you know or you don't. And then you keep
1: it exactly 100%. I love that as a bucket. And it's so crazy because, and Angel, Tom, I know we got to let you go, but I know personally, obviously, we grew up on Doris Burke, and I didn't even realize that what she was doing was special because I always just felt like basketball is basketball. She covers men's, women's college, and the NBA, and the WNBA. Like, duh, who wouldn't? And so I'm so glad to be seeing, to your point, women in the NBA in prevalent positions and roles. Absolutely, we're on the same
0: page, Monica. I'm loving it. That was
1: dope, man. I'm so happy for my friend Angel. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming through. Uh, But today on BBB Pod, the show rolls on here at Pure Hoops Media. We have four weekly shows. You hear me tease them at the end of every pod because I know you're listening till the end. This week, Bruce is going to discuss one of them because the special guest, excuse me, that Mike Wise will be welcoming in on Monday, Bruce. What you got on tap?
0: Thanks, Monica. Um, we were able to secure an exclusive interview with a uh, former NBA commissioner and commissioner emeritus, uh, David Stern. David is somebody that I've known for about 16, going on 17 years. We worked together uh, on the NBA draft when I was at ESPN for uh, 11 straight years. I was kind of the behind-the-scenes producer of the commissioner. And so I have a lot of, I developed a good friendship with David over the years and, uh, bugged him since we started Pure Hoops Media, saying, we'd like to get you on a pod, we'd like to get you on a pod, and of course, he's super busy, but finally, it came through, and uh, we recently had Mike Wise in New York to uh, record an interview with him, and it's going to air the next two Mondays, we're going to do a two-part Mike Wise show, part one and part two with David Stern, on November 11th and November the 18th.
1: Over the time that you worked with him, Bruce, how would you describe your relationship?
0: David was is, is, is fascinating. I mean, he's, he, you know, whatever Adam Silver has been doing that Angel praised him for, as far as, you know, making the league more inclusive and diverse, that all started under David Stern. He was, he was big on this. He was always an enormous supporter of the WNBA always, you know, the league subsidized it and, you know, gave birth to it and kept it going. So now it's become, it's like an adult now, right? It's like 23 years old, WNBA. So (laughs) David, uh, over the years, the thing that I was most impressed with him, he's a commanding presence. He wants things done the way he wants them done. Um, but he always was uh, a supporter of the players and a supporter of, you know, them being treated properly. Um, one of the stories that he tells Mike in the show we're going to play a little clip from it here in a second. About 20, 19 or 20 years ago, Hoop Magazine, which the NBA uh, owns, or at least is a partner of, did a cover story on Allen Iverson. And this was when Allen was at the height of his popularity, probably around 2000. And they, you know, even back then, Allen had a lot of tattoos. He was pretty much, you know, inked up. But whoever was the photo editor for the Hoop Magazine, like airbrushed out his tattoos and David yeah, and David was not happy about it. So here's what how, when Mike Wise asked him about it, uh here's uh, how David reacted to that. You're on Hoop magazine, the in-house magazine has a cover story of Alan Iverson and Alan Iverson is tatted up and he got Someone airbrushed their, his yeah. tattoos and you were furious. You thought that Alan Iverson should be portrayed as he is. Right. And so, we're, could you talk about that push and no, pull I, and I as a commissioner and how you don't want to alienate your customer base, but you also want to let these people be who they are, irrespective of
2: white, black, whatever? No one ever asked me about that, and I was crazed on the subject of Alan Iverson's tattoos being uh it was inauthentic there's a yeah. uh, tattoos being you know so-called whited out so to speak yeah uh, that was terrible um, did
0: you did you fire the guy or did you no, t- just tell him it no to reprimand
2: him no no we say we're gonna you gotta keep at it until you get it right that was the penalty was to uh suffer me for a longer period of time
0: david always was very protective about the authenticity of the players. And you're going to hear a lot more stories like that and just some great perspective from a truly legendary figure uh, the next two Mondays on the Mike Wise Show, November 11th and November 18th here on Pure Hoops Media. Monica, thanks for carving out some time. For I
1: love that. that, Bruce. One thing that I always admire about strong leadership is really being an advocate, being a server, servitude, whatever word you want to lo- use where those in positions of leadership are really about those that they are leading. And that is a perfect example. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Thank you a billion times over to Angel Gray of Fox Sports Ohio, Cleveland Cavs, sideline reporter, play-by-play, WNBA, Los Angeles Sparks, Turner, popping up, doing her thing. Just thanks to my girl for coming through and sharing her story with us and being so transparent about it. Um, As always, this show literally would not exist without my fantastic producer and sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, our outstanding editor, Ben Wolfen. Um, Please check out our other weekly Pure Hoops Media shows. Now, we told you about the two special David Stern editions of the Mike Wise Show on Monday, the 11th and the 18th. Catch and Shoot 2.0 will be relaunching soon, but you can catch all of the previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman drops each Friday. And I'm back every Thursday with buckets, boards, and blocks. <laughs> Please rate us, review, leave some feedback. Um, definitely subscribe. And until next week, college basketball's in the swing, y'all. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a
2: presentation of Pure Hoops Media.
0: Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber powered
2: internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go.